Good morning, church. I'm so glad that you are here this morning. I would like to look to the Lord and I pray that the ministry of the Word would be appropriate for you this morning. Yeah. So we have heard about the story of uh, LAPD beating on uh, Rodney, Rodney King and the excessive use of force by the Minneapolis, Minnesota police in the killing of George Floyd. I'm not taking sides in any way, and this is what I'm saying. And I believe that both sides contributed towards the ugly scenes and the, and the regrettable incidents that happened. And the aftermath of the emergence of the Black Lives Matter really does not serve any purposes because it really gives rise to more tension. It also gives rise to opportunities to really uh, commit theft, opportunities for robberies, damage to properties, and the loss of innocent life. This unfortunate event in American social uh, circles caused a lot of tension, a lot of pain, and a lot of uh, regrets in the community. And for this kind of things to really heal takes decades. And really, it is an upward hill for all the communities if ever they want to be reconciled. The irony in this Rodney King case was that he himself pleaded with the writers. And in my paraphrased words, he says something like this, can't we all get along? Can we? And this man who, ex uh, who was experiencing the beatings himself, pleaded with the writers to stop all this nonsense, pleaded with them to get along with each other. But that did not happen. It erupted all over America in different cities, and things got worse. And it got worse when uh, George Floyd was killed by the police kneeling on his neck. It didn't solve the issue at all, but it gets worse. So there were widespread theft robberies and so on. When there is a barrier in relationship, relating to each other becomes a very difficult task. It's very difficult. Social and, uh, and racial integration remains a thorny issue even in any country of the world. There is, there is always something that seems not right that is going on. Even in our own country, racial barrier and discrimination is institutionalized. It has become national policy, which is in the long run will really damage for all people. And we know what we are looking and experiencing here now. And this morning, I want to preach on relating across barriers, even in our own setting. Whether we like these barriers or not, they are there. And they remain a stumbling block to many of us. We don't remain as we are after when we become believers in Christ. We are being changed. And the first thing that changed is our outlook to other people. We need to overcome these barriers as believers 
because God loves every man created in his own image and he wants to redeem that. And so for us who have come to know Jesus as our personal saviour, we become the agent of reconciliation. Our motivation towards others is love. It's love. And let's put that as purely as we can. It's love. And I want to present to us how we can overcome this setback and build relationship as it should be, as the Word of God teaches us. More so, as we live together as a family in Subang Jaya Assembly. The title of my message this morning is Relating Across Barrier. Relating Across Barrier. And I preach from the passage of Scripture found in Acts chapter 8 from verse 5 to verse 9. It's a short passage only. Acts chapter 8 verse 5. <coughs> Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. When the crowd heard Philip and saw the miraculous sign he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirit came out of many, and many paralytics and cripples were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Now for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great. Okay, I think we will stop at verse 8 itself. Verse 9 onwards is another story of how an encounter with Philip brought about the salvation of this sorcerer. The story began with the martyrdom of Stephen. We know that Stephen was one of the seven that were chosen to serve tables together with Philip. He was martyred under the hand of Saul of Tarsus. And I have a terrible feeling for the people of Jerusalem. I can just imagine and relate. On one instant on Palm Sunday, when Jesus rode on the donkey entering into Jerusalem, and all the people there were so excited and happy about it and celebrating they put their coats on the ground, they cut palm trees, and they shouted Hosanna to the son of David as if the VIP is walking along the red carpet coming into Jerusalem. And you know what? One week later, the same crowd of people in Jerusalem were shouting and crying in a frenzy, crying to the governor, to the Roman governor to crucify him and they were also mad with Jesus. What a contrast that these kind of things can happen. Just one week difference. Just after Passover, just after the, uh, Pentecost, sorry, when the, when the power of the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost and the people the disciples of Jesus in the upper room, 120 of them were being filled with the Holy Spirit. They were baptized and they were speaking in tongue. And Peter began to preach his first sermon. And his sermon caused the people that were cut to their heart and asked what should they do. 
and Peter told them to repent. And on that day itself, 3,000 people were added to the group of believers. Now, some time later, we have here an incident that the people of Jerusalem that were so stirred up by some people with agenda that they begin to stone Stephen to death. They begin to do that. And even Saul of Tarsus was approving the murder and the martyrdom of Stephen. What a contrast. They are like yo-yos. One day they are for you, one day they are going to kill you. And it happened like in a cycle. It was so hard to believe the people of Jerusalem were like that. And so Philips, he was one of these seven that were chosen to serve tables. And because of the approval that the people given to Saul of Tarsus to carry on, he began to plan for a greater pogrom to persecute the people of the way. And because Bible told us that there was a rose, a great persecution, and the believers were scattered. And here we have a story of uh, Philip, the evangelist. He displays himself. He's dispersed to Samaria. And he preached the Christ there in the city of Samaria. The Samaritans were not pure Jews. They were not the pure Jews that were uh, from the uh, division of the northern and southern kingdom. They were transplanted by some conquerors and they were exiled and they were put into northern Canaan to occupy the land. You know, it was quite a usual practice during that time for people to conquer another group and to prevent any uh, uh, rebellion, they would transplant these people into a different land so that they will be scattered and they will have no chance of grouping together to bring back their former glory. And so these Samaritans will exile people from somewhere else. And so they were considered as foreigners by the Jews. We see here that Philip preached the word of God to them, with signs and wonders following. And the Samaritan heard the gospel. They believed and there arose the Samaritan revival. That even the apostles that were left in Jerusalem went and checked it out. They sent someone to go and check it out. They sent Peter and John. And these people were saved just as those believing Jews during the time of Pentecost, during like any other Jewish person in Jerusalem that heard the heard the, word, the the gospel and believe it. Usual people have problem accepting one another. Usual people, we will always have some uh, difficulty. But when the gospel was accepted, the racial and other barriers were abandoned, and reconciliation can start to take place. So in relating to, in relating to uh, crossing barriers, the first thing that I want to share here is that we need to go beyond our prejudices. 
When we were growing up, we don't have that many prejudices. We make friends easily, and as young people, we are so happy that we can gather together and uh, what was in our mind is to play and have fun and have a great time. We don't have racial distinction when we were young. We were so by ourselves. But when we grow up into adults, we begin to experience different standards in store in our society. And many times we feel rejected. We feel that we are second class. For some of us, this can happen many times and so some people less, okay? But nonetheless, prejudices happen to us because of unfavorable experiences. And these unfavorable experiences build in us something that we have resentment. We didn't want to, but our experience crystallized our prejudices. So make it hard for us to reform. And I have a prejudice against a certain race that don't work as they're supposed to. Majority, the majority of them, would disappear from work even though they punch card to show their attendance. And when they work, a small piece of work would take a very long time to get it done. And they have a bad, very bad attitude towards work. I'm sure that you have similar experiences. All right? And this type of unfavorable experiences are better not to have than to experience them because they reinforce our prejudices against people, against other people. We need to submit to God our prejudices and ask for His grace to help us through. And God put us in some of these situations for His purposes for long-term purposes that we need to be patient for God to work through it. And we need to be very patient and be gracious to all. Perhaps being gracious is not on our plate. And so we have more tension. Praying and building a gracious life will lessen our prejudices. When it is difficult, we shine Writer. And there are instances that were imparted to us with some, some of these unwanted extras in life. When we hang out with our families and our relatives, the stories of their bad experiences many times can rub onto us. And unknowingly, all these bad experiences that they go through many times also reinforce our prejudices. And it becomes a part of our outlook to others. We kind of accept their conclusion and we take them in. We inherited, we inherited their prejudices, you know. The more we encounter prejudices, the more we believe them and we live with them. One distinct characteristic of Chinese, the Chinese race, is to take risks. This is very characteristic. Taking risks can be positive, but the majority of them take risks in gambling in so many creative ways. They can gamble almost anything with anything. 
They have inherited risk-taking even until it becomes illogical by normal standard. Whether in 4D, in Tai Mazai, Sport Toto, casinos and others, almost anything can be a vehicle to gamble, like a friendly soccer match, a badminton game, etc. And the Chinese culture inherited the gambling disposition. But as believers in Christ, we are to drop them. This is not a, what a sanctified life is. My mother, before she came to know Christ, she was practicing all this and said that it is a blessing to really strike the four numbers. It was a blessing. She took that. And this type of unfavorable input need to be stopped and not proceed to become entrenched character in any of us. The power of the Holy Spirit is able to break all addiction and to set us free. This inherited unfavorable prejudices can prevent integration in the Christian family as well. So as body of Christ, we are to be drawn closer and warmer towards each other. We need to submit to God and to take steps to prevent and safeguard ourselves from falling into this threat. With the Holy Spirit help, we can break free. You know, prejudices are almost not desirable. It's almost like not desirable as a believer. And so we are to lessen them all together. Lessen them all together over time. And we have to take steps to do that. We cannot expect pure believers to behave like saints. They are who they are. But we are not. We were before. What we do, we cannot control. What they do, we cannot control. What, what we what, we, what comes out from us, we are able and we are accountable for. So we are accountable of our prejudices against people. So we submit to God and ask the Holy Spirit to set us free. The power of the Holy Spirit is able to do that. And over time, we drop many of these unwanted traits. It took the Holy Spirit to direct Philip to cross culture barrier, to preach to the Samaritan, and there was revival. There was revival. You see, if Philip would not have gone there, many Samaritans would not have found Jesus as Lord and Savior. Their life would not have been changed. But because Jesus was found by them, their life changed. Secondly, in relating across barrier, we need to go beyond mental and emotional block. Mental and emotional block. The power of love is beyond comprehension. The power of love that comes from God. It is a powerful force that can cause men and women to do many impossible things. Impossible acts. Philip was faced with the Jewish mental block. But the love 
that was shed abroad in his heart by the Holy Spirit drove him to go beyond to love the Samaritan like any other Jewish person. There was no more distinction of being Jewish or Samaritan. Though there was a deficiency against them, he still went as love compels him to do so. And so he did not, he did the right thing, and there was revival, and the Samaritans were turning to Jesus. Earlier there was another incident where Jesus stopped by the well and spoke to the Samaritan woman. And that was the first time that Jesus did that. And it became like an example and a watershed for the disciples to follow after. And so Philip would not have it easier. There was still faith to believe in God by the Samaritans. And Philip went ahead even when there was some kind of a mental or emotional block in him regarding this group of people. And he went, nevertheless. As a result, there was a revival. God knew better to overcome human makeup to work through the item of love. Now, Paul described very well in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 from verse 4 to 8, what is love? It described that love is not self-seeking, which means to say that it is not self-preserving, but reaching out. Love is reaching out. When there is goodness, love causes it to be shared. And I have an experience of bitterness. But when I happen to read this portion, that says that love keeps no record of wrong. I can forgive and accept others that sin against me. Not because I'm more noble or I'm a better person, but because the love of God shed abroad in my heart allows me to forgive and to move on in life. I'm sure we are not lacking in biblical knowledge, of the scripture, but I'm, I'm sure that we are lacking very much in action, in putting what we know into practice. The Bible in Matthew 26 and verse 41, it says that the human spirit is willing, but most of the time, the flesh is weak. Majority of us has been very trained in scripture. But most of us are lacking in the practice of it. Somehow there is a mental block that prevented God's people to do as God intended it to happen. Somehow there was something that we were not willing to. Unless we are willing to do God's way, we will not benefit fully what He has in store for us. And many times, we also miss the purposes of God. Let's learn to trust in God's way rather than on our human, fallible ways. Let's be willing and don't let our mental block block God from doing His mighty acts through us. You see, when Philip was obedient 
to the leading of the Spirit. The Spirit empowered him to preach the gospel with signs and wonders. And the Samaritans were all by the signs and wonders that following, confirming the preaching word of Philip. They turned to Jesus following what Philip preached about. The Spirit knew the things of God and was present to accomplish God's will for the people that they come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. There was cooperation between Philip and the Spirit. And in this partnership, many people turned to the Lord. Those unloved and those despised people become people of the living God. They become people that are loved by God. The incident was not the only one that Philip cooperated with the Spirit. In another event, in Acts chapter 8, verse 26 and following, he was directed to go down by the Holy Spirit to the desert road and to meet up with the Ethiopian eunuch. Philip was able to win the VIP eunuch to Christ. This eunuch is from Ethiopia, that is in Africa, that has come and on the way back. And there was an opportunity for Philip to share with this man. And he came to accept Christ as Lord and Savior. And even he suggested that why don't he be baptized in water as well. So there was cooperation within Philip and the Holy Spirit. And we can relate across barrier when we cooperate with the Spirit and become obedient to God's command. Obedient to God's command. God works through human agency. We are still doing the works of God to accomplish His will. When we surrender to the Spirit, we will see God at work and experience His wonders and see signs and wonders and things happening. The issue is, are we willing vessels? Are we willing vessels to do God's will? It is when we become complacent that we don't experience God anymore. So when we are involved in the business of God, we tend to experience more spiritual encounter. We tend to experience more of God working through us. Let's be willing vessel to do God's will so that we can see and experience God for real in our life. And thirdly, in relating across barrier, we need to go beyond ethnocentric. Ethnocentric, which means that we centralize on our ethnic city. We become very concerned about our race, about our character, about who we are. We have to be humble ourselves, really humble ourselves, to accept that all of us are made in the image of God and worthy of respect. And that is very fundamental, that we need to humble ourselves to recognize that all of us are made in the image of God. And because of that, each person, young and old, man or woman, 
whoever they are, are worthy of respect. As believers, and to relate well with everyone, we need to take on the character like Jesus. Jesus related well to the common people as well as to the religious leaders. He did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. And because of that, love that God has given to him to save the world, that he would go, uh, go the extra mile. He came as the bearer of the cross. He came for you and for me. No one is more superior than another. We are all the same before the eyes of God. Whatever color of our skin may be, we are all equal before the eyes of God. When one feels more superior than others, it is his own estimation, but not before our Almighty God. We are the same. And I believe that you have met with very proud people and you feel really intimidated. These are dangerous people. They may not cause a war, but they sure do cause disintegration of relationship among people. Happy people are those who have friends to celebrate with. And proud people have fewer friends to celebrate their occasion. Proud people are lonely people. No one race is above another. We are all the same, created in God's image and needing God's grace to live through our life here on earth. And it's only a very short time. What is there to feel superior over others? In relating across barrier, we are to go beyond ethnic centrics and be inclusive to accept everyone as the way that God would accept them. And so let us be humble and to give respect to all people so that we can relate well with them and point as many to Jesus as possible. Our path cross and the cross path are opportunity for us to point many to Jesus Christ. When we are attractive, we can win some for Jesus. But when we are repulsive, we turn people away from Jesus. God's will is that all will know Him and will experience His love. So our welcoming posture can attract people to Jesus. And so in conclusion, we need to relate well with as many as we can and not to drive them away. There is a need to polish up our character. There's a need to practice our soft skill and also to be sensitive so that we can encourage and point people to the right way. There's no gain in being repulsive, but all to gain in building good relationship, especially with the people in church. And you know that in this situation now that we are in, we do not meet up with many people. And we know that there are new people that are logging in and following our services. And if possible, when they are open up, they will be here with us. 
But because of this situation, we don't see them and we do not know who they are. All the more, we need to be open and inclusive that these people that have no chance to be in physical service to feel the welcome and the love of the church should experience the welcome of the church in another way. And we are to do all that we can even in this digital way, that they will feel that the church welcomes them and loves them as people, as people in the image of God, without any hindrances at all. Jesus did not drive people away from God, but point them in righteousness. And he has actually the best public relations, the best. Even the jealous Pharisee and the religious, religious teacher that were against him have to say that he was a good teacher. That he was a good teacher. When love is compelling factor, nothing seems hard to do. As I say that love is a powerful force. Coupled with the help of the Spirit, we become peacemakers the menders of broken walls. We need more of us to build a bond of peace and a brighter fire that far exceeds that of politicians. Remember, if we don't relate well to born as a family, we cannot expect pre-believers to bring wellness to society. The members of the body are like glue that holds society together. So church, we have a very important part to play. Jesus gave a new commandment to his disciples in John chapter 13, verse 33 and 34, that we should love one another the way that he loved us, so that the world will know that we are his disciples. What about you? How do you love the body of Christ? Can you relate well to the new people of Subang Jaya Assembly? Can we reach out and be inclusive? Let it start with us.